Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.M. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everybody. Jim Strader here in the studio. Welcome aboard to tonight's show. The main portion of tonight's broadcast is going to be gun talk. I've got Master Gunsmith Gary Roman here in the studio with me. However, we have to do a kind of little cleanup from last week's program, if you will. Uh, we reported about some allegations that one of our Fish and Wildlife Commissioners, Jimmy Bevins, 6th District Commissioner and Chairman of the Commission, was alleged to have placed bait in an area where hunters had previously been allowed to hunt, and it opened up a whole can of worms. Um, for those of you who were not on the broadcast or didn't listen to us last week, I'm going to read directly from the Kentucky Conservation Officers Association letter that was sent to the hierarchy at, at Fish and Wildlife. Now, the reason I'm revisiting this uh Jimmy Bevin's fiance, who identified herself as Lauren, was on at the very end of the program last week, and we allowed her to make her statements. But Andy Ingram, the hunter who is no longer able to hunt the property where he previously hunted and who is the aggrieved party in this, we ran out of time. We didn't have time for him to do a rebuttal. So in fairness to Mr. Ingram, what we're going to do here, I'm, I'm going to read this 
Kentucky Conservation Officer's letter so you know what we're talking about. Then we're going to play Mr. Bevan's fiance's statements, and then we're going to allow Mr. Ingram to address that. The KCOA board approved during the May 2017 meeting to file an open records request into a case investigated by Officer Josh Robinson, where the suspect was identified as Jimmy B. Bevins, Commissioner of the 6th District for the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources. This action was in response to many inquiries by officers. They were concerned the investigation was being obstructed in order to protect Mr. Bevins. Officer Josh Robinson, Unit 607, on January 8, 2017, was notified about people duck hunting from the creek behind the Two Creeks subdivision in Franklin County. The person making the notification was Richard Skaggs, Robinson's commander. Skaggs stated the area was baited and hunters should not be there. Officer Robinson responded, photographed the scene, collected evidence, and along with Officer Bill Spears, interviewed neighbors living in the Two Creeks subdivision. This is in addition to interviewing the duck hunters on South Elkhorn Creek. According to the information in the case file, Officer Robinson observed corn placed in the easement between the property line of Mr. Bevins and South Elkhorn Creek. The corn, along with footprints in the snow, were photographed. Further, Officer Robinson obtained PVA documents and the plot plan for Bevins' property showing the easement along his property line at South Elkhorn Creek. Around January 17, 2017, United States Fish and Wildlife became involved in the investigation, seemingly contacted by Officer Robinson. The federal officers reviewed Robinson's case information. It was forwarded to the U.S. Attorney for review. The U.S. Attorney declined prosecution for federal violations. This information was related back to Robinson and Skaggs. This action is addressed in Captain Skaggs' statements. It should be pointed out federal fish and wildlife declined federal charges, but pointed out the violating of KRS 150.170. Per Jesse Fielder, the special U.S. Fish and Wildlife agent, the following. At this point in our investigation, it is believed James B. Bevins did place bait along the Elkhorn Creek in Franklin County, Kentucky, and caused three waterfowl hunters to hunt over bait and take migratory birds, two mallards, over the baited area on January 8, 2017. After further investigation, it appears the purpose of the placement of the bait was not to harvest large amounts of waterfowl, but instead to stop the otherwise legal hunting of waterfowl hunters in the Elkhorn Creek. In a nutshell, this paragraph submitted by Agent Fielder was grossly overlooked by Josh Robinson's supervisors. It goes on, an affidavit should have been drafted and submitted to the Franklin County Attorney's Office for evaluation. By not taking some action on this allegation, one could easily presume some type of illicit activity on the part of KDFWR. Sadly, and confirmed by the statements from Captain Skaggs, this investigation became more of a listing of defense qualifications for Jimmy Bevin's activities. Skaggs, according to his own statements, had told Mr. Bevins he was informed that he should not throw out corn on someone else's property because that would be considered baiting. 
Captain Skaggs was present on the scene on January 9, 2017, and observed the baiting firsthand. This area was determined to be easement, not Mr. Bevan's property. It goes on to say, I must state, this is the words of Officer Rodney Milburn. He's the sergeant in the 3rd District who was subsequently put on leave after making these statements. He is, incidentally, former assistant chief of police for Jefferson County. I must state during the 43 years I've been involved in law enforcement, many of those years as a supervisor of law enforcement personnel, I've never witnessed commanding officers becoming so adversely involved in an investigation. In cases where there's a personal relationship between the investigators and any of the parties involved in the investigation, the party having that personal relationship should recuse themselves from the investigation, the ethical means to a fair and impartial investigation. The contact Mr. Bevins and Captain Skaggs had during the investigation could be construed as unethical. Since Mr. Bevins is an appointed official of KDFWR and is alleged to have committed an offense in the purview of Fish and Wildlife Law Enforcement, certainly a conflict of interest exists. Further, Statements such as Captain Skaggs and Colonel Coffey's do not belong in a criminal investigative file. I'm not sure what point Captain Skaggs was trying to make in his statement referred to as the monologue. It seemed trivial and insignificant and disrespected Officer Robinson. I undoubtedly believe Officer Robinson conducted his investigation accordingly, collected his evidence, did due diligence in confirming the property lines versus public areas. The facts should have been admitted to the county attorney for determination for prosecution. The adjudication of the investigation should not have been determined by Captain Skaggs. The victims of this incident are the hunters who were kept from their sport by the agency that encourages their participation and Officer Josh Robinson. Robinson was doing his job collecting the facts, the evidence, identifying the suspect in order to present the case to the county attorney as he's been trained to do. Instead, he feels as if he's been condemned to eternal punishment in his district. Again, this, what I've just read, came from the Kentucky Conservation Officers Association letter. So that's what the case is about. On last week's show, again, we allowed a lady named Lauren, who identified herself as Mr. Bevan's fiance on at the end of the program, which prohibited us, unfortunately, from allowing Mr. Ingram, the hunter, from having his say. So I'm going to pay Lauren's piece right here so you can understand what we're talking about. Mr. Bevan's fiance, is that right, Lauren? Yes, it is. How are you this evening? I'm doing just fine, although I wish I didn't have to deal with all this, but it is what it is. I know, and I, I've been listening to you, and, um, you know, I kind of feel that the whole situation has just ha- been taken out of context, and what I never understood is our house is actually 50 yards from the creek. Our bedroom window is 50 yards from the creek. On the other those side. Those hunters, yes, those hunters were hunting. We found shotgun wads in the yard where my eight-year-old children fled. And that day, 
that they that they were hunting. They came early in the morning, then they came back a little later. The kids had a snow day from school, and they couldn't go out in the yard to sled in the yard because the hunters, when they shoot, they are shooting up towards our house in our yard. Andy, do you dispute that? I do. In what so, um, we were probably 175 yards from the house. Did you ever do There's no way. Towards when, the house? I look out my, when I look out my bedroom window, I could see a hunter sitting at the tree directly across the creek. And shotgun wads in the yard. A shotgun wad is not going to end up in our yard at 175 yards. Well, this has apparently been documented in and, the case. Well, no, no, but, that, but that's the other thing that I have in question is that the officer who has been pursuing this, Officer Robinson, not one time came up to interview me or Jimmy. And he came back, obviously, several times and, you know, did all this investigating and, and you know, pulled all this information, but not one time. Did he did he interview me or Jimmy? And you know, really, that's that's the greatest grievance is the safety of children. And I have I have dogs and I have children. And this house that we live in was built two and a half years ago, so it's a new house. Those hunters, I'm sure, hunted there for you know I don't know how many years they they were going there to hunt before this house was built. But this is a subdivision now. And well, yes, they're across, you know, across the creek, but the creek's not very wide there. And when they stand on the on the island, it comes out the postman. That's not very far from from our property either. Well, and you know, I shouldn't have to, as a mother, and and a hunter, and I'm an I'm an estimate hunter. I love to hunt, and I'm all about hunters having the right to hunt, but. My children should have be able to go in our own yard on our own property, and I shouldn't have to be fearful. I, I, I don't and disagree with that. However, I'd like to say something here. Go ahead. Your neighbors who live adjacent to you in that subdivision were interviewed, and none of them had any problems with those people. Well, now, but this is, this is the thing. Where our house is, and this is not in there, in, in, I haven't heard anybody say this. The way our house sits, we're up on we're up on a hill, and this property is almost two acres. So the creek comes around. Our house is up on a hill, and then it goes goes down the hill. And there's a big flat, and it curves around, and there's trees in front of those houses. Those houses are much farther away from where those hunters were than where we were. If I lived in that house over there. It wouldn't bother me one bit because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a fear in the world. Okay, Lauren, I have to go to break here. Is there anything else you need to add quickly? Um, the other thing that I need to say is the dispute about the bait. We feed the wildlife. My children like to see the ducks and the geese. All right, I've got to go to feed break them regularly. Here. I'm sorry, so, I've got to go to break. Folks, uh, right. we got to go to a quick break here. We'll be back right after this. Now, this is the point at which we only had about 45 seconds left to close the show. I normally take about three minutes to do that. But at any rate, uh, I would like to go now live to Mr. Ang- Andy Ingram. He's the hunter who was 
hunting in that area. Andy, can you hear us okay? I got you. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir. Well, in all fairness, I thought you ought to have a right to speak to this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Um, first thing I want to address is um, where do I start? Okay. Uh, the yardage from the house that she's uh, uh, disputing about, um, that is false. Um, we yardaged it uh, from the first hunter. Uh, there was actually three of us. Uh, two of us were together and one was separately. Um, the, uh, the two, which was me and another guy, was uh, 251.1 yards away on the island. The other hunter was 130, uh, I think it was 131, 132 yards is what it was from, from the house, of which I can pinpoint with the range finder on the house. Um, so I'm going to dispute that, uh, very gratefully because, um, as she mentioned from her house to the creek was 50 yards. Uh, shotgun wadding found up against her house, or she said up by the house. As anyone that shoots a gun knows, that a shotgun wadding only goes about 30, and I'm going to give you a little bit on that, to 40 yards. Any hunter, that, or anybody that shoots a shotgun will know that. Um, so I'm going to dispute that as well because there's no way. But, um, you know, that that that's uh, what I agree on there. I mean... You know, like I said, anybody that shoots anything will know that. Um, the, she said that uh, they are uh, avid hunters. I'm going to say she said she was, but I'm going to say that she says they are. I'm just going to put that in there, that they are uh, in for any hunters that, you know, uh, if she agrees that she and her husband are hunters. In the text that Mr. Blevins said in the paperwork, uh, the open records, okay? You got what I'm following here? Yep. She said, or Mr. Blevins said, that he was going to start putting corn out. Okay? If you have any doubt whatsoever and the knowledge that you know as being in the Fish and Wildlife Department, if you have any knowledge at all that you know that we hunt in there in that, in that, over on the other side of that creek, which you do because she said that they did, why would you take any chance at all of putting corn out and getting somebody in trouble? Because you knew we was hunting there, and in your text it says, I am going to start now putting the bait, putting corn out. To feed the wildlife is what you said. Um, so my point is on that. You knew we were hunting there, but you was told three times by officers to do not put the bait out. 
could you put the corn out? But you did other uh, anyways. So in other words, you knew we was hunting, and you put the corn out anyway. Even though you say you were feeding wildlife, you know what's getting ready to happen. Okay, Andy, I've got to go to break here. Anything else? Uh, I, I've got to go to break, partner. This break is presented okay. by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Check them out at mopharrealty.com. We'll be back right after this. After decades of abusing my teeth by using them to clamp sinkers on fishing line or using them to cut my line when I was in a hurry, time had taken its toll. I had cracked and chipped several teeth, and it got to the point where I was almost embarrassed to smile. Not a good thing for a guy who's got a lot to smile about. That's where I asked my hunting partner and dentist, Dr. David O'Banion, to step in. As a colonel in the National Guard with tours of duty in Iraq, Egypt, and Central America, Dr. O'Banion has performed dental procedures all over the world. David used his extraordinary dental skills to repair my chipped and broken teeth so they actually look better than ever. Dr. David O'Banion does all types of family dentistry, surgery, and implants. I highly recommend him to help brighten your smile. His office is located in Middletown, a short hop off the Gene Snyder. Give him a call at 245-3707. That's 245-3707. This is Gary Roman. Whenever I'm on Jim's show, I get lots of questions like, what shotgun should I buy? What handgun is best for personal protection? Or what is the best scope for my rifle? There's only one sure answer. Come see us at Firearm Service Center. The one place to go to solve all your firearms problems. Purchase guns, ammo, holsters, and supplies. Whether it's your first firearm or your next custom-built gun, service or repair, come see us at Firearm Service Center, Bardstown Road, in the Eastland Shopping Center, Louisville, Kentucky, or visit us on the web at firearmservice.com. For personal service, there's only one Firearm Service Center. If your house was on fire... The most precious possession you would save first would undoubtedly be your family pet. Next to family, they're one of the most important parts of our lives, and that's exactly why I trust my pet's health and happiness to Dr. Kurt Oliver and his staff at Linden Animal Clinic. I know firsthand Dr. Oliver's surgical and diagnostic skills are extraordinary, just what you need when your pet's in need. From the time his nurturing staff greets you at the door, you'll know that Linden Animal Clinic is the place to trust with your pets, just like I trust them with mine. Linden Animal Clinic, 1000 Linden Lane, 425-5834, or check them out at LindenAnimalClinic.com. I'm very passionate about wildlife. That's why I've teamed up with two extremely talented and knowledgeable wildlife managers, Shane and Caleb Butler, to form a new company, Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Our team has more than 80 years combined experience doing habitat evaluations, food plot and warm season grass plantings, and hands-on management to make all your wildlife dreams come true. Check us out on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions or call us at 270-537-5739. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're talking with Andy Ingram, who's one of the hunters who lost his hunting privileges on a piece of property. Andy, did you have anything further to say there? Because I've got to go on to regular programming. 
Uh, yeah, I got a couple things you don't care real fast. All right. All right. Uh, when she was discussing uh, about the time that we was out there, this is uh, Mr. Bevan, his uh, fiance. I'm correct. I'm saying that right, fiance. Yes, that's how I she identified her herself. Yes. She said that uh, while we were shooting, while we were there on Monday, it was a snow day, and her kids couldn't come out of the yard because we were shooting guns. Uh, I would dispute that because that we was there on a Sunday, not a Monday. So her kids wasn't out for a snow day at school. So I dispute that. Okay. Um, and it was five degrees outside. So uh don't think there would be slay around anyway, but I mean, five degrees. Um, another thing is that uh, she was talking about uh, how the officer never did come to her house and talk to her about uh, the situation. Well, the um, investigation was actually taken away from Mr. Josh Robinson, so he couldn't come and talk to her because um, it was taken away from him uh, at the point where he, he, he couldn't say any more. So that's the reason why he didn't come and talk to uh, Mr. Bevins and his, and, uh, his fiancée. Um, last but not least, I'm going to say one thing here. Um, if someone was shooting in your backyard, what you would do is call the police and have them come out and check it, not the game warden. So what I'm going to say after this is to Mr. Bevins and his fiance, if I was across the creek hunting over there, and I was bothering you, the right thing to have done was to come over there or come outside and say, would you all mind not shooting on Saturdays and Sundays while we were in the house? Because um, most of the time, I guess they're going to be at work during the week, so no, usually nobody was over there, uh, and asked me, this, asked me that. And I would have probably told him, you know, we'll probably finish out the day, and uh, I'll, I'll grant you that. Uh, we'll make sure that we don't come back on Saturday and Sundays early in the morning and hunt while you are sleeping. Okay. I think that would have been the right thing to do. All right. Okay, Andy. Well, uh, we'll see how this rolls out. I appreciate you coming on. I did want to give you the opportunity since we were preempted by time yeah, I constraint. Do, I, I do thank you for that, Jim, because we got cut off last week. All right. All right, folks, we're moving forward here. I've got Gary Roman here in the studio. Uh, Gary, of course, is Master Gunsmith, owner of Firearm Service Center here in Louisville. And Gary, uh, a lot of things we can talk about tonight, but basically, folks, if you would like to talk to Gary, got any questions for him, the numbers, of course, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Again, uh, the purpose of tonight's program is gun talk. So uh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. It's exactly right. Uh, Gary, anything off the top of your head not pertaining to this case? Well, I the, want to stay uh, off that. Th- this has been a crazy week at the shop. I mean, I have never seen so many muzzleloaders come in in a short period of time while hunting season's going on. In my life, I mean, we just had just a constant flood of them. I'll be doing. <clears throat> Guns won't go off, and uh, issues with 
powder primers or bullets being stuck in the barrel and double loads. Or well, double forgot. loads is real bad juju. <laughs> that's not good juju, right? Oh, well, man. That's uh, blowing it, your face it's been, a, it's been a very busy week. I see. What uh, What do you think most of that was due to? Just lack of maintenance, basic maintenance? Most or? of it. The biggest factor that you've got to understand is that you don't put a muzzleloader in a vehicle where it's nice and warm and then take it out into the cold air and hunt with it. It's going to condense moisture. It's going to kill your charge enough where it won't go off. Okay. Um, I think that's a whole lot of it right there. That and leaving them loaded since last year. Yeah, and a lot of that goes on. I yep. know. What, uh, what would be the proper procedure if it's cold out and you're put taking it, the weapon? Put it in, in the trunk. Put it in, in the back of the pickup truck. Put it in some place where it can stay cold. Um, that way you don't have conden- condensation. Taking it out of a warm house, <clears throat> put it in the car, drive it to your hunting spot. Um, you get out of the car. The gun, the gun then goes from warm to cold, and it condenses moisture. Okay. So obviously the best remedy would be to load it after you get out there. Yep. Which is. <laughs> and, and unload it when you get and done unload hunting. it when you get done hunting. Thank you. That was going to be my next uh, approach to that. Are there any, uh, these new generations of, I'll call them powders, propellants, I guess would be the proper term, for muzzleloaders, uh, would they get around that situation at all? Not really. I mean, moisture is a, a given factor. Uh, I don't care whether you're shooting a 12-gauge shotgun or a, a muzzleloader or a high-power rifle. If your cartridge material is exposed to moisture, you've got a problem. Okay. And today's muzzleloader, we are building a cartridge inside the barrel. Mm-hmm. And your primer or your percussion cap is your primer that would be on your shotgun shell or on your rifle cartridge. The powder is getting more and more similar to a smokeless powder structure. And then your bullet being held in the barrel by various means, whether it be a, a sabot, being a skirt, um, a skirt like on a power belt. Or a ball with it has a patch wrapped around it. Um, you know the older pattern guns with with maxi ball style loads or round ball style loads were absolutely notorious for for charges going dead. And um, so it comes down to the whole thing: let the gun get cold before you load it, and shoot the load out of it when you get done. Now, I know some of the fellows that I know and that I've hunted with in the past uh, tried a different remedy. They would, uh, when they would go from warm to cold, et cetera, they would place a balloon over the end of the barrel. Won't help you at all. Really won't. If if it's raining, it will help you from getting water down your barrel. Okay. But it's not going to help intrinsic moisture. It doesn't keep the gun from sweating. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's uh, pretty good advice. It makes sense to me, certainly. I know any of us who've taken guns in and out of cold or heat and put them in cold have seen how badly they sweat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you if you doubt or, that. Or vice versa. You bring them from cold into hot, they sweat. That's one reason I try not to put my gun in a case mm-hmm. when I'm going from one or the other uh, in a rapid fashion because it'll sweat in the case and, and cause rust problems as well. So that's. 
That's a point well taken. What have you heard overall about muzzleloader season this time? Do you think the participation was up? And we'll look at those figures here in a little while. Looking at my customer flow involving muzzleloaders, I mean, everybody in the whole city is out of supplies right now. Pretty good indication. We got wiped out by Tuesday. Really? I mean, just totally out. Um, And, of course, you know, we take up the slack of Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop and Dick's and everyone else and Walmart. When they run out of supplies, we're the first place that they hit Um, because we normally have them in. And they they just totally wiped us out. I see. Well, I I know uh, a lot of folks were interested in that. We'll Again, we'll try to. Look up those figures and see how many animals were harvested leading up to tonight because mm-hmm. this is kind of the the bell has rung, so to speak. <laughs> it's it's old dark 30 out there, so uh, all hunting should be over with, uh, at least here in the state of Kentucky. All right, folks, we got to go to a break here. The numbers tonight for Gun Talk, 571-8484, one 800 444-8484. It could be any question about firearms, identification of a gun, uh, how to load. What Christmas type of presents. Christmas presents is not something else we could definitely uh, talk about. So we'd love to hear from you tonight. And this break is presented by my friends at SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Gene Snyder. Go see Tim Addington and his staff. They're having a sale on the 2017s. The 2018s are rolling in the doors, and they'll be glad to get your boat ready for winter because old man winter's coming. We'll be back right after this. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. I don't know anyone who loves the outdoors who doesn't have a dream property in the back of their mind. It might be a secluded cabin on a river or stream, a small farm with lakes or ponds teeming with fish, or a wildlife management property with mixed timber and farm ground loaded with deer, turkey, and other wildlife. Paul Thomason and his family at Mossy Oak Properties Hart Realty can make all these dreams come true. They've been doing so for 36 years. Mossy Oak Properties Hart Realty is located in Munfordville, right in the heart of Central Kentucky's fish and wildlife mecca. They specialize in recreation properties, farms, and lake and riverfront getaways. Make your dreams a reality. Give Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty a call at 270-524-1980 or check them on the web at mophartrealty.com. That's mophartrealty.com. Gun World and Archery Pro Shop in Corydon, Indiana, is ready to help you with all of your firearm and archery needs. The new bows from Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Bowtech, and Bear are in, and their pro staff is eager to help tune and accessorize your equipment. They also carry 10-point Excalibur, PSE, Parker, and Barnett crossbows. They're stocked up with loads of new deer rifles that meet the specs for Indiana's new deer hunting regulations, too. Gun World and Archery Pro Shop, Highway 62 North in Corydon, across from John Deere. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're doing gun talk this evening. We have Master Gunsmith Gary Roman in the studio. The numbers to talk to Gary or myself, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Let's go to Mark 
who has a gun question. Yes, Mark, welcome aboard. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I got a question. I, I ain't heard a a twenty-two thirty-nine uh, a Morton, a traditional Morton, from my father. I think it belonged to my great grandfather. Really, I was just trying to figure out it, how could I find the value out on that. I mean, I know it. I don't want to get rid of it. I just need to know how to take care of it. Really. <laughs> okay. Now, is it a Marlin? It's a Marlin. It's got the original mark on the barrel. It's got the the stamp. So I mean, it took me a long time to figure it out. I can't find nothing on the internet about it, but I did find that. I did find it on the barrel, the mark. You know, the original mark. Okay. When you say original mark, give me, give me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a M. It, it says it's on the barrel. I don't have the gun with me right now. I've got it put up. Okay. But. It, it, it said to look on the barrel, the certain spot on the barrel. Left-hand side, about four right, inches forward in front of the receiver. Right, and it's there. The mark is there. All right, I'm trying to get a handle on what mark are you talking about. The manufacturer. It's like an M. M. All right, in other words, what you've got is your stamping is faded out or corroded up enough where you can't read it? No, I can read it. It's not corroded at all. The gun's been... It's not. Okay. It's not corroded. It's not rusted up. Thirty nine A is a Marlin. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a Marlin. Marlin. It's it, original Marlin. It's like an eighteen something model, I believe. Uh, is it, are we talking about a lever action twenty two? Yes, it is. Okay. Marlin, All right. Marlin. You have you have a model ninety seven. You have a thirty nine and a thirty nine A. It's a thirty nine A. Okay. That's a later production model. You have a short barrel version, which they called a Mountie. It has a straight lever on it rather than being curved. And then the longer barrel model has a pistol grip and a curved lever to operate. Now, this is a straight lever. It's not, okay. it's not rounded or nothing. All right. And it has a relatively short barrel? Well. 20 inches? Yeah, really, really, for a 22 rifle. Okay. I'm you, not should, you should be able to read very clearly right behind the hammer. It should have the, the Marlin 39A stamped right in the middle right there. And on the underside is the serial number stamped. Right. The I've, seen, I've seen all that on there, but okay. I, mean, I haven't got it in front of me right now. All right. The, um, the guns, if it's in very good condition... Uh, are quite valuable anymore because the, they just aren't making them. Particularly. Well, actually, I, I, what made me look it up, my, my father was passing away, and he made sure that I got that rifle. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to get rid of it, but I would just like to know more about it. But, yeah, it Maintenance on it, Gary, real quick, because we got a bunch uh, of colors. Steel wool and all to keep the um, rust off. And uh, the bore cleaning is because of the wax on a twenty-two bullet. The bore cleaning is not near as critical as it is in a high-power rifle. So should I thing, put blue, the blue thing on it, or just leave it like it is? If it, all right, if it needs bluing, don't put anything on it. It reduces okay. its value. Okay. Okay. All right. all right, Mark. Thank you hey. for calling. All right, well, let's go to David, who's calling from Lexington, and has a good question. Yes, Hello? yes, Is David. 
Yes, I uh, just wondering. I've never have got a good answer on this, but the, tw- the price of 22 shells have really skyrocketed in the last few years. And I was wondering, since there's not much crime committed with 22s, you don't very seldom ever hear a crime committed with a 22. What what made the price get so high in them? Scarcity of the ammunition. Uh, nobody knows exactly what, where, or why, but for the last two and a half years. Uh, it has been extremely scarce. It's back with good supplies right now. Now, last year at this time, I mean, that was a major topic of conversation of where you could even find any 20s. And they went up, oh, I've, I've seen them sell for as high as $20 for 50 rounds. Now, everything's by settling down and are back down now to a reasonable rate. Well, the price of a regular a box of 22s, even your generic 22s, are just a, a box of them, a generic, and 50, you're, you're probably had to pay about seven or eight bucks just for a, a 50 no, round. No, not, not anymore. Not anymore. They're down to about four and a, four fifty for 50 rounds. Yeah, well, not just too many years ago, a generic box like Thunderbolt, the more remedy mm-hmm. Thunderbolts they call you could you could pick them up for ninety nine cents. Sure. So, uh, yeah, and that, and that ain't been but that ain't been but a few years ago. That's been you know probably under ten years. But you also I think about it. the same thing. When I was a kid, that <laughs> box of shells was was twenty cents. <laughs> I know where we're going yeah. there. All right, David, I got other callers on the hold. I hope that answered your question. Let's go to uh, Bill, who's calling from St. Matthews. Hey, Jim and Gary. Um, this is completely off topic, but uh, I just saw my first coyote in the heart of St. Matthews, <laughs> within within half a mile at the, behind Trinity High School, and I observed this critter for a good minute. And uh, my neighbor says he's seen several coyotes um, in the neighborhood, and I always question that. But once I saw this guy, no question, coyote. Right. How come I don't? How come I don't hear them howl though? In suburban environments, they don't normally do as much howling as they do when they're out in the wild trying to communicate with each other. And the main thing in suburban areas, they don't run in packs. Yeah, they run in singles or pairs. It's, so it has to pair. do with distance. They, yeah, they, has to do with communication with the rest of the pack. Okay. All right. Well, that explains that. But uh, he was he was pretty magnificent to observe. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm worried about my pet cats. So. Uh, <laughs> you have good reason because they love to eat pet cats. All right, Bill. All right. We've got to go to break here, folks. The numbers five seven one eighty four eighty four one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. We got Lee, Rick, and Dan on hold, fellas. We'll get to you all right after the break. The break is presented by SMI Marine. Your best bet for all your boat and marine repairs. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI. Sportsman's Taxidermy is dedicated to providing you with a lasting memory of that special hunting or fishing trip. Owner Damon Custis always strives to provide a quality piece of taxidermy work that you'll be proud to display in your home or office for a lifetime. In business since 1978, Sportsman's Taxidermy uses the best materials and techniques in the industry, respectfully handling your mount for personal satisfaction that you'll be proud of for years to come. Sportsman's Taxidermy, where quality is an attitude. Check them out at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.